morning. All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 103. Just hold your place there. And then take your Bible and turn over to Psalm 68. together here. We're going to read from Psalm 103 in just a moment here for our text tonight. Um, and we'll look at Psalm 68 in just a second as well. Um, but in, in starting tonight and through the next few weeks, we're, we're, going, to, we're going to just be considering um, what it means to have a heart of thanksgiving. We're just going to consider the thought of being thankful and having a heart of gratitude unto the Lord. And in just a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate Thanksgiving Day. And, you know, in some ways we, we might say it's a shame that we only have one day set aside each year to give thanks as a nation. I mean, our nation has been blessed of the Lord, certainly. Our nation has turned its back on God, and maybe if we had more days of Thanksgiving, we'd remember the blessings of the Lord. But I don't want to talk about that as much as I want to. Hey, Brother Hicks, how you doing? Welcome, Welcome stranger. <laughs> Jeremiah Hicks. Good to see you. We'll talk later. Pay attention now. Don't get distracted. Stop that. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about Thanksgiving as a, a nation or as a holiday, but I do want to talk about how we as God's people should regularly have times in our each day, every day, where we give thanks and praise to the Lord because He has so richly blessed us. And a heart of gratitude is something that would actually come naturally, or thanksgiving rather, and praise to the Lord is something that would come naturally to, to the one who already has a heart that is full of gratitude for what the Lord has done. And we ought to be thankful people. Sadly, I don't think that's very true. Uh, in our culture, there's an entitlement uh, to people where they feel like they deserve things. Uh, there's ingratitude and that permeates the culture and even, even Christians. And the Bible indicates that is a sign of the last days, actually, an unthankful heart. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. A mark of the culture is unthankfulness, and that permeates so much into Christianity. Um, just as a side note, I was in one of the local stores this past week, and Thanksgiving is right around the corner. But what I noticed was that Thanksgiving has all been but overlooked in, in commercial um, retailers and, and circles and so on, and it's because of Christmas. 
uh, Christmas, because of its great commercial power, is already being pushed in stores. And the commercialization of Christmas bombards you with Santa Claus and snowmen and holidays. And it seems like the most prominent thing about Thanksgiving, at least culturally, is actually Black Friday, the sales that happen right after Thanksgiving Day. Those are the things that are the most prominent. But as God's people, it's fitting that we should focus our thoughts, not only now, but often upon the goodness of God, and we ought to offer gratitude to Him for who He is and for all that He's done for us. In Psalm 68, I told you to turn there. Look at verse 19, Psalm 68, 19. The Bible tells us, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. And the psalmist says, Blessing to the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. I, I looked up some of those words just in my own uh, reading time, and, and the word loadeth, it means to impose a heavy burden. And so, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, or imposes this heavy burden. And it carries two meanings. It carries not only what God gives, but also what God bears. And according to what this verse says, what is it that God gives or loadeth us with? Benefits. That word benefit means, it means blessings and it means strength. And so in other words, what God gives in, in, in how he, he gives his blessing, it's not just a little bit here and just a little bit there, but every day he lays this heavy burden of blessing upon God on his people. That's how good God is. What is it that God bears? And Because I, I told you the word has a couple of meanings. Not only what He gives, but what He bears. Not only does He give, but He also bears the heavy burden for you if you cast the burden on Him. He gives His strength in return. That's what the benefit is. Daily He loadeth us with benefits in exchange of strength. So daily then, and yea, many times in a day, we should say thank you to the Lord, should we not? Because of how good He is every single day to you and me. We have a duty to bless God, but it will come easily if we have a heart that is already grateful and thankful unto Him. Psalm 100 and verse 4, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Why? Verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. That's why. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. And so this heart of gratitude and thankfulness to the Lord is something that ought to be characterizing God's people because God is good to us every day. Now take your Bible and turn to Psalm 103. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be focusing on a thankful heart unto the Lord. We're going to have pie and praise night, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Then the following week, we're going to conclude with observing the Lord's Supper and remembering again 
how thankful we ought to be for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the next few weeks, we're just going to focus in on this thankful heart unto the Lord. In Psalm 103, I want you to follow along as I read. We're going to take the first six verses here. This entire psalm is a psalm of praise. It's a psalm of David, and it's, the whole thing is just extolling the goodness of God. It's exhortation to bless God for His mercy. But we're just going to look at the first six verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. And we're really going to take the first five verses and not the six, six verses here. But I studied this out today and I was, I was very, I was moved actually by, by the meaning of this text. And it, it, it really had the underlying thought of thankfulness to the Lord, certainly. But there was a lot of things in here that I never had seen before or put together. And I want to try to be a blessing to you tonight and explain this passage of Scripture and May it encourage us to have a heart of thankfulness unto the Lord as we consider our own life. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd give us understanding here uh, tonight from your word, and may it be rich in, to us, and may it effectually work in us that believe as well. And I pray, Lord, that the truths that we uncover and unpack here tonight would encourage us in a heart of thankfulness unto you. Thank you for being so good to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This psalm as I said, is the Psalm of David. Some people have called it David's Hallelujah Chorus. You know the Hallelujah Chorus. Uh, and I'm not going to sing it for you right now, but maybe sometime I will. But this is a psalm of praise that David gives unto the Lord. And I want you to notice in verse 1 that David addresses his own soul here. And in verse 1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. David is talking to himself. David is reminding himself here as he addresses his own soul. And contextually, this is important to understand, he is using a grammatical device here that is, is really for the purpose of instructing himself instructing his own soul. And that's important for us as we walk through this passage, as we uh, understand it. Now, he's instructing his own soul. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. So what is the instruction that he's giving to his soul here? To bless the Lord, right? He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And so we need to understand what that word bless means. To bless in this context is more than just praise. It's to praise with affection and with gratitude. 
So in other words, the foundation for the, for the praise or, or the, the, the foundation for the blessing of the Lord is that my heart is full of gratitude and affection to the Lord. And so the psalmist calls upon his own soul to praise the Lord. And that praise comes from a heart of affection toward God and gratitude to God for all he's done. All right, so here he's instructing himself and he's reminding himself. So let's look at a few things that David instructs his soul to be thankful for. Okay, so in verses one and two, first of all, David is instructing his soul to praise the Lord and to count his blessings. He says, he says, bless the Lord in verse two, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so David says, he's instructing his soul to give thanks and praise unto the Lord and to count the blessings he has from God. This whole psalm is a prayer of nothing but praise to God. There isn't supplication in it. There's no requests that are made in it. There's no petition and there's no plea in this prayer to God. David is strictly praising the Lord. It is pure, unadulterated praise to God. Why? Because David is awestruck with the blessings of God in his life. Now notice his instruction for how he is to praise the Lord. In the second part of verse 1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Here's, in, here's the instruction he's giving himself for how he should praise the Lord. He says, all that is, is within me is, is how I ought to praise the Lord. And I just started thinking about that, and I just started thinking about David as a person and what we know of him and what we read of him in the Scriptures. And I can see David being full of emotion, passionate. David seemed like the kind of personality that was very passionate with all the things that he did, praising God with all of his heart. And I think David would have a very difficult time in some churches today, because David wants to, with all of his emotion, praise God for how good God is. And a lot of times, even in our churches, we just don't have that much to praise the Lord for, and we sing those songs of praise just by rote, and, and we don't give thought to what the words mean and what they portray and the message behind it. We don't let it minister to our soul. And we're so consumed with the affairs of life and, and the politics that start to wear on us and get us down. But David, he seemed like he believed in putting his all into it. And he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. David was also an accomplished musician. I think he probably was a man who sang with conviction and feeling. And so this would have been a joyous song of praise to the Lord. These words that David speaks would not have been dry and stale like so much of Christianity today. They were full of life and they were full of energy. They would have been part of his worship. David would have been moved with the truth that caused him to say, I need to bless the Lord for how good he is in my life. Psalm 34, 1, another psalm of David. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. He wasn't going to keep it to himself. And then he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I think David is pretty passionate about giving thanks and praise to the Lord. How he should praise the Lord. All that's within him. But notice the instruction for what he should praise the Lord. In verse 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This is what he should praise the Lord for. Forget not all his benefits. This was instruction for counting his blessings instead of, and here it is, complaining about the burdens. Should we stop there for a second? Counting the blessings instead of complaining about the burdens. David was singing the ancient Hebrew version of Count Your Many Blessings. Amen? It dawned on David just how good God was and just how much God had done for him. He realized how good God had been to him, how undeserving he was of all of these blessings. And so springing up from the depths of his heart and gushing out came this prayer of praise, this expression of gratitude toward the Lord. All that is within me. Bless His holy name and don't forget how good God is to you. We need to give some consideration to that in our own life. We get pretty gloomy. And we get pretty caught up in the problems. I just don't feel like giving thanks to the Lord. I just don't feel like praising the Lord There's just not that much to be thankful for these days. Have you thought that? Like, what's going on in life? It's just, life is such a burden. There's just not that much to be thankful for these days. Not so! Count your blessings, and every doubt will fly. How do do the words of that song go? When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. How good God really is to you. Then the last verse, so, here's the conclusion, so, amid the conflict, Whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend to help and comfort give you to your journey's end. I think that's pretty pretty powerful when you stop and start thinking about it and maybe make a comparison. You've been pretty gloomy, pretty mopey, pretty sad. Not very thankful, not much to really be praising about. You know what? When it comes to pie and praise night a couple weeks from now, we should have so many testimonies 
of all the good that God has done in my life in this last year. David was serious about praising the Lord. It wasn't something that he did only in the temple when he came to church during religious ceremonies or our services when we stand up to sing our hymns. It was part of his everyday life. It was part of who he was. He was grateful to the Lord and he couldn't help but praise the Lord. Amen? Count your blessings. Don't forget his benefits. There's another thing that David blesses the Lord for, and that's in verse 3, and, that, and that's this. Life in relationship with God is whole and healthy. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, let's look at verse 3. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Here's another reason why David gives praise to the Lord for how good God is, because life with God is actually whole and healthy in him. Notice what David says about God in his own life. He reminds himself that God forgiveth all thine iniquities. So he's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. He's reminding his soul that God forgives you of your iniquities. That's a great thing to instruct ourselves to be thankful for. Amen? One of the names of the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And in Job, you remember the story of Job. We see the devil going before God to accuse Job. We see an example of that in the Scripture. And there's every reason for us to believe that he goes before God even now to accuse you and accuse me. He's the accuser of the brethren. And you know what he says? He says, look, God, look what he said. Did you hear that? Did you hear what she said? And did you see what she thought? These people of yours, God, they're sinners. They're terrible. How can they say they really love you and continue to act like they do? Nobody else knows, but you know. Did you see that, God? That's what the devil does. You know, the devil doesn't have to lie about me and you when he goes before God. There's enough faults in all of our lives that he simply needs to point them out. It's the obvious. The Bible calls him the adversary, our enemy. That's who the devil is. But you know what? We have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have one who goes before the Father on our behalf. And when the devil accuses the brethren, our advocate, Jesus Christ, he raises up his nail-pierced hand and he says, Wait a second, wait a second, do you know what? You see this? This is my blood. He's mine. He belongs to me. There's no sin. There's no unrighteousness. He's clothed with my righteousness. I purchased him with my blood. He belongs to me. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins were scarlet, but they've been washed white as snow. We belong to the Lord, and He forgives all of our iniquities. As David is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he understands that God forgives our sins. What a wonderful thing to be thankful for. Amen?
But I also want you to notice this. Because David also sees believers as people who've been made whole in the Lord because of their relationship to God. They have been made whole. Notice what he says here. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Started thinking about that. I looked up those meanings. The word heal, it means to mend. And it means to make whole. The word diseases simply means maladies. But I want you to remember this, that he's addressing his soul. He's talking to himself. And so what kind of mending or what kind of healing is David speaking of here? There's a lot of people that, simply, that think this simply means physical healing. All of your physical diseases and so on, and your physical maladies... And we do believe that God heals physically. Certainly He does. God is the great physician to whom we can take all of our physical needs and petitions. James chapter 5 and verse 14 says we can do that. But physical healing is not all that's being spoken of here. He's talking to his soul. He's reminding himself that God heals the maladies of the soul, sin being the chief among them. You say, well, does the soul have maladies? Indeed it does. How about fear? How about doubt, depression, anger, lust, hatred, jealousy, pride, greed? The list can go on and on and on. These soul maladies can all be traced back to our fallen nature and the effects of sin. But God is, here, here's the point, God has permanent healing for the soul. Psalm 147 and verse 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. I thought about that too as I read that verse. He healeth the brokenhearted. He bindeth up their wounds. In the same context, His understanding is infinite. You know what that tells me? It tells me that God knows the wounds of your heart. God understands you like no one else can. You think, well, no one understands me. No one understands my problems. And we go through these hurts and we go through these pains and they, and they, they affect our mood and they affect our life and they can cause depression and they can cause all these things. But no one understands you like the Lord. And the Lord can heal the wounds of the heart and the soul. He can mend and make you whole if you'll only believe if you'll only take it to Him, if you'll only trust Him with those hurts, He can bring healing to the hurt. The Bible tells us He heals the broken in heart. He healeth all thy diseases, those, those maladies of the soul. Listen, you don't need to struggle with feeling broken. You don't need to struggle with feeling worthless. You don't need to struggle 
because you've been wounded. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. He can heal the maladies of the soul. But instead, we might just choose to wallow around in it. We might just choose to let it defeat us and get us down and just keep kicking us down the road. No! Stop! Take it to the Lord. He's bigger than that. He healeth all, all of those soul maladies. Amen? Sin's not a disease. That's for certain. But David is talking about these issues of the heart, these issues of the soul. Those things that, what do they do? They make you bedridden. They knock you down. They take you out of commission. You understand what I'm talking about? And David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget His benefits. Don't forget He can make you whole. In the Lord, we are whole. And I'm just, I'm just saying that David understood this about God in those times when David was struggling, because he did. In those times that David was struggling, he said, I will bless the Lord. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. That's what David said. We don't need to struggle. We can take it to the Lord. That's something to praise the Lord for. Amen? Now look at verses 4 and 5. Here's the third. David says in verse 4, "...who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles." Here's another thing that David said to praise the Lord for, instructed his soul in. And he said that life in relationship with God is actually something that's meaningful. My life is meaningful because of the Lord, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. Because He forgives our sin, because He gives us a relationship with Him, because He heals the soul's maladies, then we can see that life actually is meaningful and has purpose. Notice how He says, "...who redeemeth thy life from destruction." That phrase literally means this. He keeps your life from going to waste. (laughs) I was like, whoa, that's pretty awesome. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Basically, he keeps your life from being worthless. He keeps your life from going to waste. How many people waste years of their lives on things that in the end mean absolutely nothing? They don't count. They spend their days in pursuit of the temporal passing things. They wake up one day empty, tired, feeling worthless, feeling like there's no use in going on what's the point. What's the purpose of my life? Let's take it another step further. How many people get stuck in ruts of depression 
and hopelessness. And meanwhile, life is just passing them by. Letting other people's opinions control you. Having power over you. And meanwhile, life is just passing you by. You know what? The world doesn't offer any hope for meaningful living. Money, material things, power, position, all the things that Democrats and Republicans both are clamoring after. There's no hope for meaningful living there. But God gives His people purpose in living. He gives us meaning. He keeps our lives from going to waste if we follow Him. In Him, your life counts. You're not living in vain. In Him. This is one thing David is praising the Lord for. My life has meaning. He keeps my life from going to waste. It has purpose. And then notice verse 5. He says, Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. I thought that didn't really make a lot of sense. Just in the way that we think about how words are used in the English language. And so I looked these words up and studied this out a little bit too. He satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The word mouth, it can be, it really could mean uh, age, it could mean your soul, it could mean your life. In other words, he's saying he satisfies your age, your soul, your life with good things. In other words, what he's saying is he gives satisfaction to the one who's already lived a long life. So he starts out by saying, He redeemeth thy life from destruction. He keeps your life from going to waste. And then you've lived all of these years, and God satisfies your life with good things. In your old age, and remember, he's speaking to his soul here. He's saying that, the, that one of the benefits of being God's people is that when you're old, you don't have to look back on your life with regrets. That was powerful. You live your life in the Lord, and the Lord satisfies you, and the Lord gives you a good life, and your life is not a waste, and you look back on your years, and you don't have regrets, because you lived it in the Lord. Regardless of your age or how many years you've walked upon the earth, God can and will give you satisfaction if you live for Him. And David says... My life is purpose. My life is meaning. The Lord doesn't let it go to waste. And I can live all of these years and I can look back and say, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. So I want to close up here, but I want to give you some practical suggestions to consider as you praise the Lord. And it just sort of reiterates what we've talked about. First of all, we ought to be aware, meaning this, we should regularly count our blessings. We should have a mind to not forget the benefits of the Lord. That's going to help a lot in your mood, is just to be aware of how good God is to you every single day, to be a thankful people. 
I mean, we can, we, can, we can dig into our refrigerator and we can pull out all this food and we can make a meal. And a lot of times we can sit down and never even say thank you to the Lord for something so simple. I have a fridge full of food. I've got cupboards and cupboards full of food. I've got a warm house and I've got a garage and I've got two vehicles. I've got four sitting in my driveway. All the things that in the end don't even mean anything. But they're daily, they're blessings from God. Well, we have to have these things and we work hard to buy those things and I worked hard and I paid for that with my own money. No, you didn't. God gave you the ability to think and to work and to get out of bed and to breathe air and to have, some, have a brain. God gave you all of those things, amen? amen? Every day the Lord loadeth us. Heaps upon heaps, burdens of blessing. Be aware. Don't forget his benefits. Secondly, be honest. And what I mean by that is don't be phony. Don't put on an act. Phony Christians turn people off. We're not holier than thou. We're not better than other people. We're simply saved by grace. And we can make all kinds of things about us. And we can say all kinds of flowery words. And we can look real spiritual. And we can look this way. But in reality, we're nothing but a bum, really, who's been saved by grace. We have no, no praise, no honor, no glory to me. It all goes to the Lord. Because He's so good. He doesn't have to use me. And He doesn't have to use you. We're nothing. Amen. And without Him, we can't do anything. And we think we're big stuff in our little circle. But outside of our circle, we're not even stuff. Did that hit some of you kind of hard? You didn't want to hear that? Hey, it's true. Don't be phony. Be real. I know what I am. I'm only a sinner saved by grace, and it's only by the grace of God and the mercy of God that I am what I am. Be grateful. Here's a third one. Be grateful. There's nothing that encourages praise like gratitude. Have a thankful heart. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve you in my life. I'm thankful for you. And you hear me say it regularly. We ought to be thankful people. Amen? Not walking through life like we deserve something. I wonder how we would fare if we just lived in another country for just a little while. How we would fare if we lived where Noah George lives. And deal with people that he deals with. I wonder how we would fare. I think we'd be a lot more thankful for our blessings of home. Amen? Be grateful. Fourthly, be vocal. What do I mean by that? Hey, tell somebody. You know what is really, really good for your own soul? When you tell somebody else about how good God is. Be vocal. David says, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Let's encourage each other in the things of God and how good God is. You know what? Pie and Praise Night's coming up. We ought not to have any kind of time where it's like, hey, is there anybody with a testimony? Anybody who has something to praise the Lord for? Huh. Wow. 
There's not a lot to praise the Lord for these days, is there? <laughs> that should never be a thing. Are you taking stock? Are you counting your blessings, how good God is to you? And then fifthly, be consistent. And what I mean by that is make it a part of every day to on purpose enter into His courts with thanksgiving. Come before Him with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Be consistent. So how about you? Are you living a life in relationship with God? Are you saved? If you are, is it a deep relationship? Is it a full relationship so that you can't help but praise the Lord for how good He is? Are you having trouble praising Him lately? If you are, all you need to do is take a look at the Psalms for a little bit. If you're having trouble praising the Lord lately, you're not looking at the right things. David said, I will praise Him with all that is in me. That means praise Him with my attitudes. It means praise Him with my actions. Praise Him with my words. Praise Him with my work, my faith, my relationships, my voice, my hobbies, my habits, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. David wasn't going to praise Him in word only, but in deed. Praise Him with everything that's in you. And let me just ask you this as I close. When was the last time you stopped to consider all of His benefits? Maybe we should do that for just a little bit. Are you living a life that's meaningful? A satisfied life? Does your soul have some things that need to be healed? Well, the answer is still with the Lord. Are you living life with purpose in the Lord? Well, in a relationship with the Lord, all of those things are true. And David says, these are all reasons for me to bless the Lord. He's reminding himself of how good God is. We need to do the same. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth. And thank you for reminders of what is true. Thank you, Lord, for how good you are to us. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that works in us. Of all people to exist, Christian people ought to be the most thankful people of all. Sadly, we are not. Our eyes are all fixed on the wrong things, and mine are too. Help us, Lord, to, in those times, we're feeling down, feeling a little hopeless, discouraged, maybe feeling like slipping into depression. Lord, help us to get our eyes off of ourselves, off of our problems, onto the goodness of God count the many blessings daily daily you load us with benefits and lord to live above that not to be defeated people discouraged people but rejoice and to praise the lord and to thank the lord and the world needs to see people who have a relationship with god 
and who are not ashamed to proclaim it. Let me tell you how good God is to me. So Lord, I pray that you teach us tonight. May there be some self-examination, some heart examination, and pray that we would be people who experience joy and full and meaningful lives in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.